Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Nina. And you're listening to Slice Slice of Murder. Murder. Tuesdays are low-key my least favorite day of the week, so I hope yours is going better than mine always go. Yeah, and hopefully you enjoy this episode. Yeah, this should make it better. I don't know about it, though, because this is a hard one to get through. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you in a little bit. But first, we're going to rate today's treat. Um, so Melissa actually got us tickle belly it's a mini cake (laughs) and it's vanilla bean flavored okay my rating is actually a nine out of ten really i I don't usually like like all vanilla things i feel like i'm more of like a chocolate person Mm -hmm. like i usually like like chocolate cake and vanilla icing um but this is like pretty fire it almost tastes like lemony yeah i i liked it but i would say i'd give it more of a six out of 10. <laughs> I do like vanilla things, so I feel like I'm more critical. Mm-hmm. And also, I have to have like specific frosting, and this one tastes very like cheesecakey to me. Oh, yeah. And I do not like cheesecake. Yeah. Maybe that's why I like it. Yeah. But I, like it. I could still eat it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> All right. And now let's just talk about some roses and thorns of the week. All right. Um, okay, so my rose is that we went out for Itzel's birthday, and that was really fun. Yeah, and that was, it was so really fun. fun. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, it's just fun to be out like in a whole group, because I feel like we haven't done that in a while. And then my thorn is that I've been teaching like really annoying lessons this week. Like, they're really annoying lessons, and it's just been like, held to get through like every day it makes me want to like pull my hair out like every lesson yeah I feel like when you're you don't enjoy what you're teaching the kids notice that and they're not as engaged as you want them to be yeah yeah and it's like we only have like a week to get through the whole unit so it's like I'm going from lesson two to lesson three to lesson six to lesson seven so like there's really no coherence in between and so they're they're all really confused and it's just like so it's been so annoying yeah that's not fun no well, good thing it's only a week, so exactly. you'll be done after this. Exactly. Um, for me, my thorn would be that. <laughs> oh, the, my thorn was that this week is my fall break. That's your thorn? No, I'm not done yet. <laughs> this week is my fall break, and I just feel like it's going by so fast. Oh. It's already Wednesday. Yeah. And my rose is that I got to go home during my fall break and spent some time with my cousin, who is two months old, and I just love spending time with him because he's so cute yeah. and chubby. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is fun. I wish I had a fall break. Yeah. I don't know why only my school has it because growing up, I had fall break. Same. I think. Yeah. Maybe not. So, well, at least you get three weeks during for, winter. For Christmas, yeah. yeah. That'll be nice. All right. So, we're just going to start off with a quick update on the Kristen Smart case. You might have seen our story on Instagram. We posted the tweet. So, Paul Flores was convicted 
in the 1996 disappearance of Kristen Smart. Paul Flores showed no reaction when he was found guilty. Mm-hmm. And his father, who was seated behind him, also had no visible reaction to the verdict. Mm-hmm. And several of Smart's relatives were in the courtroom, and her mother and her sister cried like after the verdicts were yeah. read, which I can't even imagine. Like, yeah. Because it's been 26 years yeah. to finally like hear that he's found guilty. Right. It must be such... I mean, I, it brings it all back. But, like, also, I feel like it must just offer such an insane amount of closure to be able to finally know that the person that's, like, responsible for murdering your daughter or your sister is, like, finally going to be locked up. Yeah. Uh, but his father was not found guilty in the yeah. involvement uh-huh. of the disappearance. But yeah. he... Paul Flores is scheduled for sentencing on December 9th. Okay. So we'll hear more about the case hopefully, in the months uh, to come. Hopefully he's walked away for a long time. Yep. Yeah. He's well, just been out and about, like, free for 26 I years. Know. And he's been the only victim. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. But I'm glad that, I'm glad that happened. That was some... I don't know. I know. I wasn't expecting yeah. it that day. And then yeah. I just saw the tweet. Yeah. No, that was good. Yeah. All right, right. so what are we talking about today? So I don't know if you've heard of this case, but he's a known serial killer from the 1900s, and it's Albert Fish. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this was during the 1920s, and as you know, it was the time of the Roaring Twenties, where plenty of Americans spent their time at extravagant parties, well, Albert Fish was looking for his next victim, and Albert was known as the Brooklyn Vampire because he lured children into abandoned homes to kill them. Mm-hmm. In 1934, Albert Fish, a known serial killer, wrote a letter to Grace Bud's mother and described the gruesome murder. So we're going to talk about Albert's, Albert Fish's early childhood life, and then we'll go into some of the murders, so just like mm-hmm. a trigger warning, they're just like very gruesome, graphic, and yeah. graphic, and he likes to describe them in letters, and his letters mm-hmm. are very detailed. Mm-hmm. It's like as you'll see, he liked to write, and he was a writer, and this is just the things that he got off on. Yeah, um, but I won't read the full letters. I'll just kind of summarize them because right. they're just like a lot. Yeah, a yeah. lot. Okay. okay. So Albert Fish was actually born with the name Hamilton Howard Fish on May 19th, 1870 in Washington, D.C. Fish was American and of Scottish and Irish descent. His father was 43 years older than his mother. Wow. So he was 75 when Albert was born. That's really old. Yeah, that's actually really old. I mean, obviously I knew that, like, guys can kind of father a child whenever but 75 like that's what? all this book like <laughs> uh, yeah but his and his family had a history of mental illness his mother ellen fish would hallucinate while his uncle was diagnosed with mania his sister mm-hmm. with mental affliction affliction and additionally his brother was sent to mental a mental institution when he was a child 
It's kind of sad. Yeah. But Fish was the youngest of his three living siblings. So one of his siblings passed away, and that's why he took on the name Albert Fish after his his brother. Okay. Yeah. I'm also, I feel like I heard somewhere that he was bullied when he was a kid, and he was called, like, Ham and Cheese Sandwich. Yeah. So he's like, I'm not going by Hamilton anymore. Yeah, so that was also another <laughs> reason why he decided to switch to Albert. So we're just going to call him Ham and... Cheese. Ham and Cheese. <laughs> he made the difficult decision to abandon Albert at St. John's Orphanage. And for five years, he was here at this orphanage. And unfortunately, he was beaten by his caretakers and peers. So during the 1870s, orphanages were known to, like, be terrible places for kids. And I read in an article, like, some children were forced to eat their own vomit. They were, like, dangled upside down over Mm -hmm. windows, over wells. And... Once a kid was caught not paying attention, so the nuns would take a needle and regularly, like, prick his fingertips. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I mean, I understand struggling with mental health and maybe financially, like, you're not able to take care of your kid, but, like, to put them in some place like that that's just so known to be such, like, an abusive place, like, how can that be the best decision that like, you think, like, yes this is the best place to put my kid. Like, I don't understand, like, how if you have a kid and you love your kid, like, you put them somewhere like that, you know? Yeah, I agree. I feel like anything would have been better than this. Right. Anything. I feel like you could have... I don't know. Wasn't it a big thing during these days to, like, like, even have your kids, like, work for someone, like, someplace, like, for a family, like... I mean, he was was, five. Yeah, he was young, but, like, I don't know. I feel like anything would have been better, like, than putting him in this place. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I get that you were struggling, but I just don't see how you, like, do that to your kid at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll attach the article. There's Mm -hmm. a lot on there of, like, what happened during orphanages Mm -hmm. during the 1870s, and I feel like we can do a whole episode on this. Yeah. Um, But there's also an instance of, like, an electric chair or something that looked just like one yeah. where a nun used to strap people in there for hours. That is crazy. And then one of the nuns once saw a child being pushed from the second floor of the orphanage mm-hmm. by another nun, like, killing the kid. That is, like, that's insane. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I can only imagine what like fish right. went through and like we don't know exactly like what it was uh-huh. he just says like he was beaten by his caretakers and saw things like no kid sh- should ever see and at such a young age too like that's just ingrained into your psyche like that's just like at five years old having to go through that and that being like a normal part of your experience like mm-hmm. it's no wonder he turned out the way that he did because like that's what he like was socialized to do for five years right yeah like from five five to ten i feel like those are such key years where you you're forming your personality and you're forming like the things that you're going to do later in life like you're forming your values and everything like that and i feel like it's no wonder that 
Yeah, and that's when you're out. like absorbing everything right. you learn. Right. It's like your your brain is developing. So I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, so I feel like this definitely affected him later mm-hmm. on. And he even says this is the place where I got started wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and I'm not surprised. Yeah, and he's already vulnerable for mental illness like right. running in his family right. and i feel like this just like sparked that yeah even further yeah. yeah so he had actually learned to enjoy the beatings mm-hmm. that he received in the orphanage and associate the pain with pleasure his mother acquired a government job and she would become stable enough to bring fish back home during 1880 so five years later so by this time he was 10 years old and he had already begun to psychologically develop and like I said marry pain infliction to sexual gratification. He had very little formal education and grew up learning to work more with his hands than his brains. Mm-hmm. And in 1882 after Fish returned to live with his mother he began a relationship with another boy who introduced him to drinking u- urine and eating feces. Ew. Like, someone else is doing this yeah. stuff. I, that's, like, kind of crazy when you think about, I don't know, how many people are, like, how, how you have to go up to somebody, like, imagine going up to somebody and being like, hey, are you into this? Like, yeah, like, how did you find out? Yeah, like, like, what conversations were you having that you found out that you were both into this kind of stuff? Yeah, it's really disturbing. Yeah. That's, um. Yeah. But yeah, Albert would also visit public baths where he would watch other boys undress. So he would engage in voyeurism. And this is how most like mur- murderers or serial killers get started mm-hmm. is when they like can figure out that like, they can get away with this, like right. watching other people and having that control over others. And they just so, like escalate like. Yeah, it then, escalates yeah. from there. They're like, oh, I can do this next. I can go inside their house. Yeah. Um. So yeah. they say it's very da- dangerous when someone is, like, trying to steal, like, your panties inside your house yeah. or things like that because you never know what their next move is going right. to be because it is pot- potentially, like, hurting you. Yeah. So in 1890, Fish was 20 years old and moved to New York City where most of his crimes began. In 1998, he was arranged to marry Anna Mary Hoffman, who was nine years younger than he was at the time. So this was, he was 29, so she was, twenty. I mean, he was 19, she was 19, he was 28. <laughs> okay. And together, the couple had six children. So quite a lot of kids. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was the time, just the time, but. Yeah. So they were busy. (laughs) It's really busy. (laughs) Uh, But during his marriage, Albert was dating other men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, he's not into, that's a lot of kids to create with somebody that you're not attracted to. to. So yeah, the woman was actually someone that his mom knew, Albert's mom. Mm -hmm. So she was the one who kind of set them up. Oh, I see. Yeah, so during this marriage, Albert was dating other men, and in one of his dates, he went to a wax museum, which is different than what wax museums are now. Uh-huh. So instead, they had more like, I feel like it's more like biology of the body, where you yeah. could kind of see what like your bones are made up uh-huh. or like things like that. So he was curious. It wasn't like celebrities? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know, I went to the Wines Museum for like one of my birthdays. Really? Have you ever been? Yeah, I've been. Yeah, it's so fun, huh? In San Francisco. I went to the one in New York. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. It's probably nicer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. funny. Yeah. He wasn't going to that? No. Okay. So this was not that. Sad. <laughs> so he was actually curious about dissections and what's inside the human body, but not so much for biology reasons, as was, we probably yeah. <laughs> know already. So in 1910, he met Thomas Keaton while painting houses in Delaware. They shared a sadomasochist, I can't say this word, sadomasochist relationship. And it's unclear if Keaton was forced into engaging in the acts or if they were, like, by force. Mm -hmm. And it was also known that Keaton was mentally disabled. So So I can assume that this was, like, not consensual. I mean, I don't think that you can consent to something like that. Yeah. If you have trouble, like, understanding what somebody is even going to, like, asking of you, you know? hmm And after 10 days of dating, Fish took Keaton to an old farmhouse where he would torture him over a period of two weeks. And this concluded in Fish cutting off his penis. That's sick. Like, what are you doing? That's sick. Like, it's that's, like that that's what he's into. Yeah, so he was, like, curious, I guess, after, like, the wax museum stuff. Oh, like, so that's what was, like, he would be into at the wax museum, and yeah. he wanted to do it for himself. And he says, I shall never forget his scream or the look he gave me. He was, like, probably into that part of it, too, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, like, he gets off on these right. things. Like, not just, like, the physical part of it, but... Like, the whole entire part of it. Yeah. Yeah, and he intended to kill Keaton and cut up his body and take it home, but he feared Mm -hmm. that because of the hot weather, this would draw attention to him, and then the meat would go bad. So this is what he's worried about. Yeah. I mean, it was the 1900s. They didn't have, like, refrigerators then, did they? Did they have refrigerators in the 1900s? (laughs) I feel like they had... Like, in 1900. Oh, in 1900s? Yeah. Should we look it up? Yeah. Yeah, we'll be right back. So refrigerators were not really um, ever invented until like 1915. And it says they weren't uh, common in houses until like 1927. Okay. And then this is 1910. So no. So no. But they did use... They used like ice houses almost. Or like you would have like the ice man come to your house um and you would get like these blocks of ice and that's how you would like keep your food cool wow i didn't even think about that when i was was reading about this case but he didn't want the food to go bad so he couldn't cook it in that Mm -hmm. moment in time and Mm -hmm. he didn't want to draw attention to himself so instead he poured peroxide over the wound, wrapped it in a Vaseline-covered handkerchief, and left a $10 bill, kissed Keaton goodbye, and left. And that's all he gave And that's it. Then he never saw him again. Did he survive? Did Keaton survive? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I feel like that's such a traumatizing event. I feel like you would never, ever 
be the same after that. Yeah, and for you to have to like be awake and right. like see. Right. No. Okay. In nineteen seventeen, Fish's wife ran off with another man. Good. Yeah. But <laughs> she's not a good person because oh. well, I she ran off with a handyman who actually lived with the Fish family. Mm-hmm. I think he like rented one of the rooms. Uh-huh. And Fish became a single parent. So his wife just took off and left all like the kids their there kids. With, yeah, with him. And she took nearly every pos- possession that the family owned, inc- including the mattresses, for her kids. Yeah, like, that's shitty. I mean, I'm not sad that she left him, but, like... Like, the kids. Bring your kids. Like, what the... I feel like she must know that he's... I don't know. She lives with him. Like, she must know that he's, like, fucked up. Like, yeah. She has to be noticing some things that are, like, weird as hell about him. Like, why would you leave your kids with somebody like that? You know? Yeah. But after this, Fish then began engaging in self-harm by embedding needles into his groin and abdomen. Ew. And when Fish was arrested, they found 29 needles lodged in his pelvic area. Ew. Like, they were just there. Like, he just, he didn't take, stick them in and take them out. He just stuck them all the way in. Like, maybe he took some of them out, but then left some in. Ew, like, I don't sick. understand that. That's really And then really this gross. brings me back when I was talking about the orphanages, mm-hmm. where they would prick the kids uh, with needles. I'm like, so did he, is that where he got the idea maybe. from? Like, I'm sure. Ooh, that's really sick. Yeah. But Fish was never thought to have physically attacked or abused his children. Mm-hmm. But he did occasionally ask his kids to participate in sadomasochistic games where he would ask his children and his children's friends to paddle him with a homemade Ew. like paddle that uh-huh. was filled with nails. Ew. Like there was just like a Don't even ask your kids apparently to do like a like fun that. game that yeah. they like to play. So they would hit him with a paddle. Imagine finding out that's what it was like. For. That's what it was for when you got older. I mean, I'm sure they didn't like realize it then. But like, imagine when you got older, like that's and it came out that's what you were doing. Like, I feel like that is almost like that is abuse. It is, you know, yeah. like to like have your kids do that. Like, I mean, it's not not like physical, physical hurt, physically hurting them at the moment but imagine how traumatizing that must be like when you grow up and you figure out that's what you were doing to your father and that's exactly what happened yeah. like the kids didn't realize it then because they would yeah. say like no he never hurt us but then like they later realized mm-hmm. like what he was doing because really, he yeah. was getting like pleasure uh-huh. off of this yeah so it's really sickening yeah but after his marriage ended Fish wrote to women listed in the personal columns of newspapers. And this is this thing he likes to write. But he mm-hmm. was describing in graphic detail the sexual acts he'd like to share with them. Mm-hmm. The descriptions were so vile and disgusting that they were never even made public, although they were later submitted as evidence in court. That's weird. Yeah, so no no woman ever responded to them because they are probably, like, not. creeped out. Like... <laughs> Like, maybe do this to someone that wants that. Right. Like, I'm sure that there's somebody out there that shares this kind of fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sure that there is. And it's like, if you find somebody that's into that and you're into that, like, go ahead. You know? If you're not both to in- these women who right. don't 
if you're both into that. it, then there's like, I feel like there's no harm. You know, if you both agree to this together, go ahead and do it. But like to do that, to just send these like sick things mm-hmm. to people that have no desire to be sent these things like no yeah you can find somebody else exactly but by 19 oh i skipped a part um so fish developed a skill for house painting and often worked in different states around the country some believed that he targeted states with a large population of african americans because he thought police would spend more time searching for the killer of would spend less time, sorry, mm-hmm. searching for the killer of an African American child than of a white child. And he was probably right. Yeah, like, sadly, yeah. Yeah. But by 1919, Fish was regularly hallucinating and eating only raw meat. Ooh. And Fish Ooh. primarily sought out, like I said, black and disabled children. So again, so vulnerable like a group populations. Of people that like the police or I feel like the general public would not pay too much attention to, Mm -hmm. sadly. Yeah. And when Fish tried to abduct young white girls, he failed. So this is what led him Mm -hmm. back to, like, to go back with Mm -hmm. the vulnerable populations. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, like, that's why some of his victims are unnamed Mm -hmm. or we don't know about. Yeah. So, in July 11th of 1924, he came across eight-year-old Beatrice Keel and starting just striking up a conversation with her. And he came across as a very friendly man. He offered her some money to help him out with, like, finding a specific type of tree. Mm -hmm. And luckily, her mother saw them in time, and she came to chase after him with a broom. Oh, good. Yeah. So he failed, and then he tried to stay in their basement days later, like, waiting for the perfect time to strike. But luckily, he was discovered again because the parents were on high alert, like, after this random man tried to kidnap their daughter. Yeah. They were, like, uh, being careful, so they caught him. Good. Yeah, so he gave up after that. Imagine. That's so scary. He's in their basement? Yeah, that's terrifying. That's really scary. That was really scary. Yeah, I get freaked out about things like that. I know. And then imagine them reading like the newspaper later on when he gets caught, knowing that they could have been a victim. So back then, kids were walking around freely on the street, and so Albert offered a few boys some lunch that were just out Mm -hmm. playing on the street, and they agreed and went back to his home. As he was making lunch, the kids were playing on his bed and discovered that Albert had some instruments under his mattress, which included butcher knives, meat, a meat cleaver, and a handsaw. Oh my god, that's so scary. Yeah, and Albert re- referred to these things as implements of hell. That sound like that. And this is what he would use to torture young kids. Yeah. So after this, the kids, like, ran out of there. You're good. I'm glad that they realized, yeah. like, oh, how, we should how, not I wonder here. how old they were. Um, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Probably, like, I would say, like, 10 or 12. Yeah. That's most of his victims were. That's really, I don't know. I mean, I feel like 
that's really smart of like a 10 year old to be like okay we cannot be here like these are not a game like this is dangerous because i feel like some of them would be like would not recognize that this it like means danger that this Mm -hmm. is like not i don't know they're not just like random items like yeah and albert fish had been arrested several times but just for small things like petty crime Mm -hmm. like theft so now we're gonna get into one of his victims. This is Francis McDonald. Mm-hmm. So in Staten Island, Francis McDonald was playing outside with some other boys. He was playing with the circus ball, and Albert approached them and he like started talking to the boys, mm-hmm. and he took Francis. Mm-hmm. But like he didn't take him like forcefully. Right. He just kind of was like talking to him, and then they walked away together. He sounds like he was like really good at getting people to trust him like he was one of those people that had like two sides you know he had a side that was like really alluring to people like he was able to like get people to follow him or able to get you know kids to like him and then obviously like that whole other side yeah he just seemed like very trusting like like a nice old man yeah even though he was only like 50 at the time Mm -hmm. At the time of these which is murders. Not old. Yeah, which is not like super yeah. old. But so Francis was nine at the time. And a neighbor claims to have seen Francis with an older, frail man with gray hair and a gray mustache wearing a hat walking towards the wood, mm-hmm. woods holding Francis's hand. Okay. And Francis's mother had also seen the man walking around earlier, mm-hmm. and she was just kind of like, oh, like, who is that guy? Yeah. Like, I've never seen him before. Yeah. And then he just kind of disappeared. That's really sad. Yeah, so she saw... But you noticed... The man. Yeah. And she noticed, like, something was off about him. Yeah. And there was. So later, the Boy Scouts went into the woods, like, helping... Mm-hmm the like police to find the the boy yeah which is like really surprising i don't know i feel, i don't know the boy scouts do that i don't i feel like they don't anymore right no. now the boy scouts just do like their eagle scout projects they sell like cookies. no they sell popcorn oh girl scouts girl sell cookies. Cookies. <laughs> i didn't know they sold popcorn yeah they sell popcorn oh. like or at least they did when i was growing up they sell like different Flavors of popcorn. Oh. Yeah. Well, these Boy Scouts were out in the woods. No popcorn. Yeah. (laughs) And they actually found the boy in the woods, and he was unfortunately unfortunately deceased. And he had been sexually assaulted and Mm -hmm. strangled with his own suspenders that he was wearing. That's sad. I know. He was like nine. That's really sad. And later, according to an autopsy, McDonald has had also suffered from extensive lacerations to his legs and abdomen, and his left hamstring had almost entirely been like stripped off its flesh. And they were also insistent that because of the strength Uh that someone used to commit this Uh crime, it had to be a young man or even two men. That's how, and they said that, and the mom said that he looked really frail, right? So that's really yeah. Surpri- the neighbor said yeah. he looked very frail. That's really surprising. Then that, like, 
the police, people who are whatever trained to write to like kind of um find possible suspects said it was a really young man or like two really I mean he must have been really strong, but like it's just interesting that people perceive him again, like back to like the the thing where he's able to like kind of put off these like two sides like he's able to make people perceive him as innocent like super frail just like an old man like it you know makes me wonder if he like walked a certain way or he like attempted to Mm -hmm. put that out like you know like he attempted to put that image out yeah because like we said he's only about 50 Mm -hmm. at this time so maybe he did like like change up yeah or walk yeah like he was really old yeah 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 and then, so later, Fish refused to claim responsibility for any of this, although later he stated that he intended to actually castrate the boy, but fled when he heard someone approaching the area. Mm-hmm. So he, like, claims he was going to do more. And people were furious after the murder, right. obviously, because they wanted to find the killer. And the description resulted in the mysterious stranger becoming known as the Gray Man. Mm-hmm. The so Mc- were people in the community like aware of him, and just but they didn't. The police didn't think that he had anything to do with it. So were they aware of like, cause Albert? They, yeah, because like they called him the Gray Man, and did they were they like suspicious of him? I wonder or well, so they actually didn't know who he was because okay. he would go to different towns, uh, and he'd never. So this was like not in his town. Yeah, and he'd okay, never okay. be at the same town twice. Twice. Yeah. So, so this, this the in description. Staten Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were all in different areas. Right. So he did this on purpose, obviously, to go where mm-hmm. people don't know him. Yeah. So, yeah, the police got the description from the neighbor, and then right. that's why they called him the, the, the Green Man. man. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the murder kept, or, like, remained unsolved until the murder of Grace Bud. So they don't find out who the killer was. And in 1924, no standard term existed to describe those who killed with no motive, except perhaps the pleasure or the act. Oh, yeah, because serial killer like, was not a thing until, like, the 70s, mm-hmm. pretty much, like, when there was such a rise in, I guess, like, the biggest serial killers, like, that, like, I feel like I did not know that that was not a term, but, like, yeah, yeah that, like, was not a thing until, yeah, like, the 70s, pretty late, just, yeah kidnap children people were like confused as yeah. to why someone would do this yeah unless they like wanted like ransom or right. something out of it uh, yeah they're just like like why would this be a th- yeah mm-hmm. so the police are trying to do all that they could they followed mm-hmm. up on letters and phone calls from local residents mm-hmm. they like searched everywhere cellars and woodsheds and they even interrogated, interrogated like, homeless men mm-hmm. known to drift through town parks, mm-hmm. like, where he was found. Mm-hmm. And they brought in several men around the area. They brought in a man who had claimed to have seen and touched Francis's body. Mm-hmm. It was later determined he was just talking about what he'd seen in the papers. Oh. 
Just and, like, there's, like, a lot of people like this in this case that want to be a part of it somehow or, like, confess to it. I feel like there's a lot of people like that in general. Like, they just want to be, which is, I mean, like, that mess, that, like, tells me something about your mental health, like, or your, like, whatever. I don't know. That's scary to me. It's, like, people who try and confess to something that they didn't do because it's, like, to me, that's, like, you wish you did this, you know? And it's, like... Okay, all right. Is anybody looking into you? Like, if you're confessing, like, I feel like they shouldn't just let you be like, okay, bye now. Like, you obviously want, I don't know, like, you want to have done this. Like, that's why you're confessing. Like, you want people to think you've done Mm -hmm. this. Like, is that like a fantasy you have? You know? Like, yeah, well, for for some men who confessed, it was in hopes of getting off their original charges. So, like, once they said, oh, that was me, and then they Uh realized, it actually wasn't them uh-huh. then they would just forget about the original charge so i'm like i don't think it works I like don't that th- <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure it doesn't <laughs> and so this case like they were starting to believe that it was like one of the homeless men mm-hmm. around the the area mm-hmm. so people were just like targeting them on the streets there's like really mobs sad. of people like attacking them attacking that's them. really sad yeah, and there was a teen who noticed a man staying in a shack in the mm-hmm. woods. That man was John Escorky, I believe mm-hmm. is how you say it. And the teen looked for help. Like, he found another man and told him, like, oh, that's the guy who killed Francis. Mm-hmm. And just no evidence whatsoever. Like, just because he like, lived in the woods. Yeah. And then, so they both, like, pulled up to the woods and they brought their gun, and they pointed the gun at John, and then John was confused because he thought he was getting robbed, Mm -hmm. so he pulled out his gun, Mm -hmm. and then they ended up, like, shooting at each other, but no one was hurt during this time. That's good. But then, shortly, people started to hear that they found the person, so mobs of people started to show up, and police showed up. And then John was like, I'm just a farmer. Like, I've gotten in a fight with my wife, mm-hmm. so I'm living out here for now. Mm-hmm. And then he put, put the gun to his head and pulled the trigger. That's really sad. Yeah, like, they drove him to this right. and led him to this. Right. That's really upsetting. Yeah, like this innocent man who's yeah. just getting harassed. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah. They just... I don't know. Some people go so quickly. They just want to find the person that did it. They don't even care that it's like if it's the person that actually did it or not. Like they just want, they to, just think. want to think, or, and like they just get caught up in like the idea that they're like, oh, I want to be the hero or whatever. They don't even care if they have the right person or not. Yeah. So at first, Fish denied the charges, and it wasn't until 1935. After his trial, mm-hmm. where he confessed that he killed McDonald. Oh, so e- even after he was arrested, he, like, denied it? Yeah, until he denied after. it at first. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wonder why Why he didn't want... Like, I mean, he was already arrested. He was already in, like, prison for life, right? I wonder why he... Yeah, so I think because he was originally charged with Grace Bud's mm-hmm. murder... He didn't want to add on oh, okay. more because right. he didn't know f- yet. It, that oh, he was if he going was gonna to be get okay, okay, okay. Whatever time yeah. he's gonna get, and you'll find out later. Um. So, but then, yeah. Ultimately, he ended up confessing. Okay. So the next case will be Bill Gaffney. 
So on February 11th, 1927, four-year-old Bill and his friend Bill, so there's two Bills, um, were playing their games. And they lived in an old eight-story house, or Mm -hmm. story apartment Mm -hmm. house. And suddenly they vanished. The residents were looking for the boys and they found a trap door to the roof. So it's kind of like those apartments that had the rooftops. Uh huh. And only Billy Beaton was there and said his friend Billy Gaffney had been taken by the boogeyman. I'm like, that is so scary. That's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably like, my mom was right. The boogeyman is is real. real. Yeah. Especially when they're that young. Mm -hmm. Like, you have no other explanation for somebody being taken like that. Yeah. Like, you have no logical explanation. Like, that's the only thing that, like, a four-year-old can kind of come up with, you know? But, like, that is really scary. That's really eerie. I'd be really freaked out if yeah. I heard something like that. And later, Billy described him as an old man with a gray mustache. So, again, it's like, all know yeah. we it is. So the police searched in Staten Island and parts of New Jersey, and they searched through dump sites, apartments, factories, and churches of Mm -hmm. Western Brooklyn. They, like, looked everywhere, but nothing, until three weeks after the disappearance, they found a body in a dump in Palmer, Massachusetts, stuffed in a wine cask. But Billy's father went to the morgue to take a look but found out it was another murder child and not his own so it was a false alarm Mm -hmm. and again albert would not be caught until the grace bud case so detectives of the manhattan missing persons bureau were able to establish that fish was employed as a house painter by brooklyn real estate company during this time So, on the day of Gaffney's disappearance, he was working at a location a few miles from where the boy was abducted, Mm -hmm. and Fish actually wrote a letter to his attorney explaining everything that happened. So, it was another, like, pretty gruesome letter, Mm -hmm. but basically, he describes the murder in detail, and he claims to have, like, he tied the boy down, stripped him of his clothes, and whipped him. Mm-hmm. And then he described how he started to dismember his body, like starting with mm-hmm. his ears, um, nose, and then mouth. And further in the letter, he describes how he drank his blood and then made a stew with his body parts. That's And like disgusting. the letter is way more like graphic. Than this. Yeah. Like this is all I could pull out of that. Right. I, like, I, I can't say that, that out loud. Anymore. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just so crazy how he explains everything in right. such detail. And then, yeah, you start to wonder if it's true or if he just said it, like, because he loves to write. Right. Because, like, I feel like that was, I mean, that was kind of what we were talking about before. Like, he, part of his thing, like, he was getting off on, like, sending these letters to women of, like, what he would do with them. And it was, like, uh, they, those were all fake because mm-hmm. he didn't actually do anything with any of these women. So then you wonder if it was, like, the same kind of thing. Like, he just wanted people to be, like, shocked at what he was writing. But it also sounds like he's very capable of actually doing the things that he was writing as well. Like, you know, like, this seems like something he would have been capable of doing. Yeah, which is so sad Mm -hmm. to think about. 
And so the third murder is that of Grace Bud, and this is the most known out of the three. Mm-hmm. And so on May 25th, 1928, Fish found an ad on the paper from an 18-year-old Edward Bud who was looking for work. So Fish decided this would be his next victim. Edward was? Yeah. Can we? Okay. So Fish introduced himself to the family as Mr. Frank Howard, mm-hmm. which is not his name. Right. <laughs> so he met with Edward and his family to address the opportunity for work. So Fish told the family that he was a Long Island farmer looking to pay a strong young worker for $15 a week, mm-hmm. which was pretty good money back then and like yeah. a pretty great opportunity for them. I wonder how much that would be today. Keep, keep talking. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, let me know. Uh, so the job seemed ideal for the family, and Edward was really excited to start the job, and the family trusted the warm and polite Mr. Howard. So Fish told the family he would return in one week to take Edward and a friend that was also Mm -hmm. going to the farm to begin working. So Fish failed to show up on the day that he promised Mm -hmm. and sent a telegram to apologize. Mm -hmm. And he set a new date for the departure. But he's like, I'll bring gifts to make up for it Uh um, to the buds. And... To them, he was, like, a loving grandfather. Right, like, he's trying to, like, I don't know, like, that's just, like, a very calculated move to try and come off as, like, a really respectful, um, almost, like, super caring, super giving that you would, like, feel so bad about rescheduling the date that you would bring gifts when, like, you have no no connection to the family as well. Like, yeah, like, I don't know, like, that's really scary that you would think enough to do that. And $15 is... About $255 today. A week? Yeah. Okay. That's not, like, crazy good. But, like... But was it worth more than... than? Uh, or is it this equivalent to it's ours? It's the equivalent to ours. Yeah. Oh. Well, they... <laughs> they were zoned that they needed the money. Right, so. exactly. I mean, if you... That's still, like... If you're the one working, you know, and it's like you're getting free housing and free food, you're just sending home $200 a week. Like, that can be make or break for a lot of people, you know, so. That's true. Yeah. So, Fish returned in June one Sunday morning, um, and he did bring gifts. He bought a pail of crumbly pot cheese and a basket of strawberries. And Howard came with the hopes of torturing Edward Budd. But just then, he saw a little girl, 10-year-old Grace. She was thin, big dark eyes, and dark hair. She was wearing, like, a really nice white dress Mm because she had just gone to church that morning. Mm -hmm. And Grace sat on Albert's lap, and he knew this would be his next victim. So he changed from her brother to him. That's really sad. Imagine being your brother. You know, yeah, I wonder. and finding out yeah. after. And he does find out later. Yeah. So he switched up last minute. And so then he says that he promised to pick up Eddie and his friend up for work the next day. So he's pushing it back mm-hmm. even more. And he ha- handled, handed them a couple of dollars to go see a movie. And Howard himself stayed for lunch with the family playing with the younger children, and by early afternoon, the buds were thoroughly charmed. Yeah, like, he just seemed like he knew exactly how to 
to win, win them over. Yeah, win people yeah. over, which is a really scary tactic because I feel like, I mean, families are going to be on the lookout. Like, you're not going to go send your kid off with somebody who's super creepy. You know, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure they were on the lookout that day to be like, oh, I wonder if there's any red flags. Like, I wonder if he's super creepy. I wonder if he's really weird. Like, they're probably looking out for that. But how do you have any way of protecting, you know, your kid against somebody that comes off as so obviously charming? Like, that's not what they were looking out for. Especially if they, like, bring this opportunity for you and your family. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. But Howard then said he was going to his niece's birthday party, and he asked if he could bring Grace with him. He -hmm. promised he'd bring her back before sundown, and Albert and... Albert and Delia Budd, which were the parents mm-hmm. of Grace, would discuss the gentleman's invitation, and the mm-hmm. mother was a bit hesitant, like, obviously, to mm-hmm. send her off with, like, a stranger, mm-hmm. but the father insisted and said, like, let her go. She doesn't really go anywhere. She doesn't see many good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like during that... So it's like the Great Depression. It's right, yeah, right when it was about to hit, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, I feel like if you're a parent and like you know like your kid is like gonna have so few times where they're gonna be able to like go to a party and dress up then like you do want like the best for your kid and you do want them to experience these things Mm -hmm. yeah so her mother waved goodbye to her daughter from the kitchen window and she watched as her daughter walked away with their new family friend to miss oh their new family friend. Mrs. Budd was a mother of five, a wife, and an office building porter. The family had been struggling to keep the kids fed, clothed, mm-hmm. and protected. And Mrs. Budd prayed every night that things would improve for her and her family. So now on this like summer afternoon, it seemed that things were getting better as mm-hmm. this man, Frank Howard, would take her son to work. The seemingly friendly grandpa agreed to bring her back promptly. And that's the last time that the family saw Grace Bud alive, unfortunately. That's really sad. That's yeah. really that's really sad. Especially since again, this is like another vulnerable like family. Right. Like they're not well off. They're already struggling for money. And it just seems like he knew exactly who to target, mm-hmm. which is like really scary that he yeah. was able to figure out exactly who to target and like why he could target them and how he knew that mm-hmm. people like weren't going to go looking for or weren't going to like suspect. Really, yeah. Much. Yeah. And the family was so convinced of this man's kindness that even when they did not return by the time mm-hmm. indicated, Mrs. Bud thought they must have been in an accident or like something must have happened right. to them. There's Which is no way. So like, scary that he was able to get to that right. Point. Like from I don't know, like fool them as much as he was. Yeah, and obviously and they don't want to believe guy. like something yeah. bad happened to their daughter. But it's like I feel like the first thing you would think usually it's like if you let your kid go off with some random person. The first thing you would think usually is like, oh no, like he did something to her. Like he's, you know, he's this random person that we let our kid go off with this random guy. Like, what did he do? But like, it's so crazy that in this situation, like they didn't even think that. They were like, oh no, like they must have been in an accident together. Like that's how thoroughly he was able to trick them, which is really scary. 
And it wasn't until the next morning when she and her husband rushed to the local police for information Mm -hmm. when reality started to sink in. There was no accident of an older man with a young girl, Mm -hmm. and cops informed the frantic parents. There was actually no record of Frank Howard from Farmingdale, like he said. Right. So he just had made it all up. Yes. And Grace Budd's strange disappearance was... Uh, soon a huge national story with mm-hmm. NYPD investigators grilling every known pervert and pedophile they could find. Mm-hmm. The lead detective was William King, a veteran cop who made a vow to Grace's devastated parents that he would solve this mystery one way or another. Mm-hmm. And he did not have Frank Howard's fingerprints and a sample of his rant. And... Oh, wait, I said that wrong. He did have Frank's Howard... Howard's fingerprints and a sample of his handwriting. So the way that they got his sample was because so originally when he sent the telegram over to the family. Mm-hmm. So when he was at their house, he said, "Oh, do you have that telegram I sent?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Yeah, like it's right here." Yeah. And then he took it back. which they thought was like really weird yeah that they're like oh like whatever like not a big deal yeah but the police were able to track down the telegram Mm -hmm. like the original transcription of this telegram that he had sent to edward budd okay so the buds had received dozens of letters claiming knowledge of grace's whereabouts Mm -hmm. again like people just trying to be involved yeah See, like, that kind of thing is, I don't know, like, how do you look at a a family who's missing their kid and try and give them false hope? Like, that's Mm -hmm. so sick because you must enjoy, like, leading them on almost, you know? And, like, I feel like that's really scary as well. It's like, if you're the kind of person that enjoys leading, like, a family, like, grieving for their lost child, like, you want them to, like, have hope and then have their dreams totally, like, ruined because of something you say like you're a sick person yeah like don't you have anything better to do for real like yeah but king went through then methodically like took time to chase mm-hmm. down these leads twice he thought he'd found the kidnapper only to see the case fall apart and one suspect was a nearby building superintendent who turned out had been set up by his vengeful estranged wife so his wife, like, actually called in and said, oh, I know who did this. It was my husband. And she planted uh, evidence, like, making it seem like it was actually him. That's crazy. Like, so far into, like, she did, she went so far that they had a trial for it. <gasps> Just because she didn't like her husband? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, why are you also, you're wasting so much time where these people could be, like, focusing on finding the person who's actually murdered her. Like, how, just because you're, like, a petty bitch, like, why are you going to take time away from this family who needs to find their their missing kid? Exactly. Come on. Write him some, like, write him some hate mail or something. Like, (laughs) hook up with his best friend. I don't know. Like, don't, like, try and get him arrested for a murder. Like, I feel like you can do better things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he was on trial, and they're convinced that he was the guy. Oh my god, I'd be so pissed. Yeah, but then later they fi- found out that he had an alibi, and it was like, not him. Good. So it wasn't him. 
And six years after the disappearance of Grace Budd, the family received a letter in the mail. Mm -hmm. And Detective King had actually started to include fake details of the murder in the newspaper on purpose to discount fake confessions. And it worked really well for this case. Yeah. So Delia Budd, the mother, could not read. So her son Edward read the letter when it came. His face showed it all, and he ran away and gave the letter to the police. So this letter, like, they knew that it was him because mm-hmm. of the details that he included. Mm-hmm. They're like, there's no way, like... He would have know. this many things related mm-hmm. to it just by reading the papers. Yeah, so yeah. the letter starts, starts off with, On Sunday, June the 3rd, 1928, I called on you at 406 West 15th Street. Brought you pot cheese strawberries. That's the part, the details. That they would that know, yeah. yeah. We had lunch. Grace sat in my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her on the pretense of taking her to a party. You said, yes, she can go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester I had already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wild fr- wildflowers i went upstairs and stripped all my clothes off i knew if i did not i would get her blood on them when all was ready i went to the window and called her then i hid in a closet until she was in the room so that's the beginning of the letter Mm -hmm. and then basically he just talks about how she'd struggle with him and the killer wrote she fought him until he choked her to death and then he carefully explained to her mother that he butchered the body, he'd taken the best pieces away with him, and left the bits and bones behind. Mm-hmm. He said, how sweet and tender she was, she was, he wrote. It had taken him nine days to eat her. Like, Imagine... You were so yeah, sick. But, I don't know, like, he just seems like that's the kind of thing he really gets off on. Like, that's the kind of thing that, like... He loves writing letters to make, mm-hmm. like, to get that reaction out of people. Yeah, so you, like, wonder, like, did this really mm-hmm. happen? Like, hopefully it did not happen. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. That's really sad. Yeah, so the sender of the letter had left and was unsigned, obviously, but he had tucked it into an envelope with a returned address imprinted in the corner, mm-hmm. though it was half-scratched scratched out with a pen so it's difficult to see but they could still track it down uh-huh. and they could see the initials nyp cba which stood for the new york private chauffeurs benevolent association so at the association headquarters the staff denied any knowledge of the letter mm-hmm. and the detective demanded a meeting of everyone who worked in the building anyone who might have taken a few pieces of stationery mm-hmm. and finally a janitor a janitor confessed saying that he had taken home some stationery mm-hmm. for personal use and he kept them on a wall shelf above his bed in the old rooming house where he stayed so king went to the rooming house like to track down mm-hmm. who else could have like taken yeah. these letters or envelopes um, in a tidy brownstone on East 52nd Street. 
So the janitor's former room was empty, and the landlady said the tenant who had taken it after the janitor moved out of out of had packed up and gone just a few days earlier without leaving a forwarding address but he was waiting for a check to arrive by mail and she expected him to return at some point to collect it so he was gonna come back Mm -hmm. this man so king was like okay i am going to like wait here until he comes Mm -hmm. like set out a plan for them if he like came back and four weeks later on december 13th mrs schneider the landlady called king to say that albert was there like he'd come to pick up his check and king like immediately grabbed like his car and hurried across town like to come and arrest Mm -hmm. albert so she just said like make sure he stays there yeah and king gets there and sees albert fish sitting in a chair drinking some tea like king hesitated at the door because surely this frail grandfatherly man in his faded suit wasn't the killer he'd been chasing all these years yeah that's crazy i mean just even like from this site you know from like the way that he looked like without even interacting with people like even the police were like oh this can't be him yeah like, it's like even with provided with that? like such i don't know like that's such a, a a path like a clear path to a possible suspect and they're like oh no like even the first instinct is to be like oh no that can't be him him. yeah so king says albert fish so albert responds and nods albert gets up and then king is like approaching him to arrest Mm -hmm. him and albert just pulls out a razor from his pocket but king grabs his little wrist flicks it and makes him like drop the the razor like so easily yeah he just like grabs him and yeah. flicks the razor out of his hand wow. and arrests him and the police station albert says did you write this referring to the letter mm-hmm. and i mean king says that to yeah. albert and albert says yes i did so it just he admits just, like, to it up, yeah. straight up says he did but he does not admit to killing her. So he wrote he, the letter yeah. where he describes how he killed her, but, but he, doesn't he did admit not to kill it. her. But she's like, "What do you think you were gonna? If, what do you think you were gonna get from that?" Like, yeah. so maybe he was like, "I wrote that letter, but uh-huh. I didn't kill her." But he included so many details mm-hmm. in that letter. Like, I'm not sure how he thought he was gonna get away with saying like he just wrote the letter and not be questioned for like anything else that was going on you know yeah but then king started saying i'm gonna bring in all the suspects mm-hmm. i'm gonna bring this person in bud's family in mm-hmm. the neighbors everyone involved everyone that you've ever met and then like albert says like okay you don't need to bring those people in i'll yeah. confess so that's what like got him yeah that's interesting at that, that i wonder why but probably because he knew that yeah. he was going he was gonna to do it anyway. But yeah, Bud's parents would recognize him. Yeah, like, all these people would say that he probably yeah. is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so on that long ago Sunday, he visited the bu- the Buds, posing as a wealthy farmer, and his intent was to molest and murder murder Edward. But suddenly decided to target Grace when she warmed up to him. So when he took Grace, they took the train to Wisteria. 
And he had bought himself a ticket there and back, but only one way for her. Mm-hmm. And he also, there's another instance that's so sad. He forgot his implements of hell on the train. Mm-hmm. And Grace was like, you forgot your, your package. And so she, she ran the in the that, train back to get it for him. So she was the one that, like, gave it. That's really sad. Yeah, because she probably has no idea. Yeah. She's like, here you go, old man. And she's man. just, like, a nice, she's just, like, a genuinely, like, good person. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. really sad. Yeah. And even this, like, the train ticket part. Right. And That's there really he, sad. yeah, there he said he strangled her and dismembered the body with a clever and saw. Did I say that right? A cleaver? (laughs) Cleaver. I was like, I don't know what a clever is. (laughs) A cleaver and saw, burying the body parts around the overgrown grounds of the estate. And he denied being a cannibal, and he denied sexually assaulting his victim. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry, that was my phone. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) And that he was only acting on an uncontrollable... Blood, blood loss that overcame him. He was also sorry he'd written those taunting letters to the family, but only because they led to his capture. Right, like I doubt he was actually sorry for yeah. writing them. Like I'm sure he was only upset because he got caught because of the letters that he sent. Yeah, he was just like sorry that I got caught. Yeah, because of those letters. Yeah. Yeah. On March 11th, 1935, Fish's um, trial began. And he pleaded innocent by reason of insanity. He said he heard voices in his head that were telling him to kill children. And he said angels would stop him from the horrendous crimes if it was meant to be. Which, like... No, no? that does not work. You have free will, so I'm pretty sure that you can stop yourself from killing people. Yes. Thank you. So, during the two days of this testimony... Um, Wertham, which was his, like, defense attorney, Mm -hmm. explained Fish's obsession with religion and specifically his preoccupation with the biblical story of Abraham and Isaac, which I'm not very familiar with, Mm -hmm. but it, like, is about, like, sacrificing. Mm -hmm. And so it says that a boy would be penance for his own sins and that even if the act itself was wrong... The angels would prevent it if God did not approve. So Fish attempted the sacrifice once before, but was, like, turned away when when a car drove past. So, like, he says that this time that was, when he was... Yeah, he said this try, one, it was, like, approved? Yeah. Um, this one was approved, apparently. I'm pretty sure no. Pretty, pretty sure no. That's not it. It does not work. <laughs> yeah. So Edward Budd was the next intended victim, mm-hmm. but he turned out to be larger than expected, so he settled for Grace. Okay. And although he knew Grace was female, it is believed that Fish perceived her as a boy, or so he says. Mm-hmm. Like, he thought she was a boy, because that's the only way the biblical story would line up to Oh, that. it was because it was, he sacrificed his son. Yeah, so he okay. would have to think that it would that Grace They're was a sacrificing boy a young for them boy. to believe mm-hmm. this story. Which also, she was like wearing a dress and everything. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure he, he didn't he perceive her as a boy. Knew. Yeah. Um, and then his 
defense attorney detailed his cannibalism and associated this with communion. I don't think so. (laughs) Community eats stale as bread. Like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure we're not. Yeah, this does not represent that. No. So despite the numerous psychiatrists who described Fish as insane, the jury found him sane. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I don't think he was, like. I think he was sick. Yeah, but not, like, insane because he obviously planned everything, like, and I feel like when you're insane, like, people who are getting, you know, let off on the, on, by, like, not guilty by reason of insanity, it's like they just snap, like, they just go crazy, like, they have no evidence of planning, they don't, they don't try and cover up their crimes because, like, they don't, ha- they have, you know, they have no idea, like, like, they're in another mental state, like, he obviously knew what he was doing, like, he obviously, he bought train ticket there and back like you, for him and then only there for her like that's not somebody who just like went insane no. you know like he knew what he was doing like he knew how to plan it and he knew how to cover it up so ooh. yeah i yes. feel like i agree with the jury like i don't i don't think he's insane yeah so none of the jurors like doubted that fish was insane but ultimately they later explained that they felt he should be executed. Mm-hmm. So if they did find him to be insane, he wouldn't, wouldn't be, be. Yeah. executed. Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely has a lot of mental health, but I don't mm-hmm. think that, like, legally that's not what, like, insane means, yeah. you know? Like, he obviously had a lot of mental health problems, but, like, legally it's, like, he has no control over what he's doing. Like, mm-hmm. it's a spree almost. Like, it's a spur-of-the-moment thing. And it's, like, No. Like he knew. Yeah. So they found him guilty, and the judge sentenced him to death by electrocution. So Fish arrived at prison on March 1935 and was executed on January 16, 1936, in the electric chair at Sing Sing. He entered the cham- chamber at 11.06 p.m. and was pronounced dead three minutes later. And he was buried in the Sing Sing Prison Cemetery. Mm-hmm. And Fish is said to have helped the executioner position the electrodes on his body. And his last words were, I don't even know why I'm here. Like, yes, you do. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Do you need us to, like, spell it out for you? Huh? <laughs> like, you went through the entire trial. You were there for the entire thing. Literally. What do you mean you don't know why you're there? You wrote these letters that For, say... Yeah, exactly. That's exactly why you're there. Exactly why you're there. <laughs> Dumb as fuck. But that is a case yeah. of Albert Fish. Yeah, I, I've, I've definitely heard it before, but I haven't heard it in a really long time. Like, I, yeah. have, I haven't listened to something or seen something about that in, like, a really long time. There is, like, so much more, mm-hmm. like, detail. Yeah, I do. I remember it being, like, a really... Whatever like one really thing I listened to, case. it was really long. But I think it's just because it spans so many years, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a lot of details on each thing that, like... Yeah, like, if you want just more details, yeah. Morbid has a four-part... That's what I... That, I definitely remember listening yeah. to that, yeah. Because I just was remembering, I was like, oh, my... God. It was so long. Because they go through all of the suspects. Uh-huh. And, like, how they investigated them and why Uh they were not, like, killers and all of that. And there's a whole book on it. And, yeah, there's a lot. 
Yeah. But it's just a lot to cover, I feel like, on yeah. a span of four episodes. So yeah. I was like, I need to shorten it into to one. one. Yeah. It's like, no one wants to hear about this case. Yeah. Longer than... <laughs> we need to. We need to. Yeah. That is a... That was a... That was a heavy one. Yeah. I need to watch, like, funny movie or something after this. No, we need to watch the new Halloween movie. No. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. We didn't watch it this weekend. Oh. Because we're waiting for you. Really? Yeah. Because I'm not going to be here again this weekend. Me neither. Oh, yeah. So we have to... So that's what I was saying. We have, now we have to wait till next weekend. Yeah, let us know um, if you watch the Halloween movie. But no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Yeah. We just want to know what you think. Because this is going to be released before we watch it so no spoilers just tell me if it was good or bad i don't even care if it, if you think it's good or bad because i'll think it's good no matter what Mina's i love like michael myers <laughs> she was so excited to go into the horror nights like the halloween, halloween house yeah number one fan of michael myers i tell Stop. you <laughs> well, i could change him <laughs> please <laughs> all right that's enough for today (laughs) we need to take the mic away from you okay all right so just remember that what do we say we shouldn't even tell you for this case yeah honestly i think i think that you guys know what to do and know what not to do yeah yeah all right well we will uh we'll catch you on the next episode yeah um happy double digits today yay yeah double digits episode 10. i know maybe maybe we'll still be doing this at triple digits who knows yeah i mean it's only 90 away yeah that's, we can do that yeah <laughs> all right that's enough okay bye, okay, bye.